When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is the latest, everyone, and welcome to a late-night edition of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. Devin Uglin and Ronnie Flores here with you, coming with uh, some rapid reaction from the number one versus number two UCLA versus Gonzaga game, which happened on Tuesday. Most of you are likely listening to this on Wednesday, uh, the day before Thanksgiving, but uh, we're going to touch on that in a minute. We wanted to let you know, as we always do, that you need to go to the Ball's Life shop.ballslife.com store and get yourself some Ball's Life gear. And now is your chance to get a big old fat deal on some Ball's Life gear. So right now we have a pre-Black Friday sale going on. Uh, select items up to 30% off. There's limited sizes and limited quantities left. So get your ass on the internet and order some Ball's Life gear. The Black Friday sale is 30% off the entire store when you send when you spend uh, $75 or more. That's uh that's going to run Black Friday to Sunday uh the 28th of November. And then we have Cyber Monday, which is that following Monday uh to close out this month and that's 25% off of literally everything. Our guy Darren yeah. sent us our guy Darren sent us the deals. Darren does not mess around. Everything twenty five percent off on Cyber Monday. It's one day only, eleven twenty nine. No exclusions. You know how there's always those deals. Yeah. Right? It's like okay, you yeah, gotta read 30, the fine print. Right, it's thirty percent off, and then you 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 know you cop some shoes, and you're like, okay, thirty percent off. Like, no, these shoes aren't included in that deal. Well, guess what? Everything on Cyber Monday is twenty five percent off. So make sure you guys head to shop.ballslife.com, cop yourself some gear. Get somebody a present for Christmas or something like that. You know, it's an easy, that's an easy gift. It ships for free, yeah. all that good stuff. All the free shipping, all our lines. I mean, yeah. I sent some on our Instagram page and our Twitter, you know, with Kiki and, and even some that are done by uh, Frank Nitty, like as models, you know, they those some pretty good, cool stuff. Some pretty yeah, it's cool. Good. It, it's good, high quality stuff. So make sure you go cop yourself some gear and also put this on your calendar. Another kind of i guess it's not much of a park open run it's kind of an uh, an indoor park open run it's the west coast squad against team trouble december 10th 8 p.m at american sports center in anaheim california you are going to be able to watch this on a live stream or in person we're gonna have yeah. uh, a lot of people in that building on that day watching you know an old school type of game go down ronnie we just finished yeah. watching a new school type of game i guess we could say yeah. uh gonzaga number one in the country ucla number two in the country a lot of hype coming into this game and sure. it was a big fat ass dud yeah dud. i mean it was you know that west squad or the balls life west squad kind of put it on the east squad you know with a hurting and and ucla got it put it on them by number one gonzaga they lived up to their to the rank in the number one team. Always exciting to see a one versus two, but a little different, Devin, with this because we're not even at Thanksgiving yet, like you said. So, you know, we've had some monster number one versus two games over the course of college basketball history, especially like in the television area. They're all hyped up, and some live of the hype, some don't. And, and this is not even Thanksgiving yet. So, obviously, Gonzaga 
comes away with a big win. I mean, it's kind of like a statement win, 83-63. It was a 20-point game most of the second half. They jumped on them right away, got up 20-88. run was the difference, really, about the 10-minute mark in the first half. And then you figure, you know, especially in a college game or a high school game, you think, okay, one team's going to relax a little bit. You know, just the, the law of averages, they're going to get back in, especially as talented as UCLA did. But they are, but they never did. They never really made a run. They never made a push. They didn't really have a continuity. Their transition defense was bad. They made Ryan Nemhart look like an All-American, the Gonzaga's point guard. Obviously, Chet Holmgren makes a big difference. Devin, what did you see there in the second half that you thought, okay, what was the difference in the game or why couldn't UCLA make a push as good as they are? It just seemed to me like Gonzaga is just a better basketball team with better players. Okay. I think I have Straight a question on here. I have a question here that says, is Gonzaga that good or is UCLA overrated? I think it was a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think Gonzaga is really, really that good. They have a lot of pieces uh, that fit really well together. Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren, obviously two big-time college basketball players, and Chet likely you know, a number one or number two overall pick in the next NBA draft. And then you have sure. Nemhard, like you said, outplayed Tiger Campbell, uh, head and shoulders, outplayed him. And sure. – uh, Julian Strother, give him his credit, Ronnie. Yeah. I remember I saw Rick uh, Isaacs, our boy, tweet uh, about Julian's uh, senior year or his club year uh, prior to his senior season. He didn't look good as he far as his body, as far as his yeah. movements. Uh, yeah. He was a high-volume guy. And, and I agree with really, Rick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's he's really dug in and bought into what Gonzaga does. He's uh, trimmed down his body. He is starting for the number one team in the country, and he has, he's having a major impact because – not only can you shoot the basketball from the perimeter, but he he's learning how to be a playmaker off the bounce for other people. And that's really important for a guy like him. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Gonzaga that good or UCLA overrated? What are your thoughts? Uh, I think Gonzaga is that good. Cause again, even last year's team didn't have a piece like Chad Holmgren, just like a guy who can completely change the complexion of a game in terms of like controlling kind of like we said with Evan Mobley in the NBA, how he's created the most, uh, disruptions or the most alters like this guy's probably going to be high in that list in the college mark obviously with his reputation but even with his movement we've talked about it many times on this bot how good of a shot blocker he is even against high level players we shot the pangos all-american festival i mean he averaged double digit blocks so like those are college level players that are in college now right some of them are making an impact you know so it it, it's he's going to continue that impact he just alters so much when you look at ucla's foot speed uh, they just don't have it compared to you said, especially in the interior. They just move so much faster. And a little surprising that they were better so much in transition. I figured Chet can move better than than Miles and Miles' backup without Cody in the game. You know, Cody's probably a little bit more seasoned. Again, he doesn't have the greatest foot speed either. But so I don't think it would have made a huge difference. But you know, that that is a little surprising that their perimeter and wing transition D wasn't very good. Yeah, obviously UCLA is missing a, a starter and returning starter from the final four team, Cody Riley, but you know, he's a six, eight forward and you're dealing yeah. with Drew Timmy at six, nine and skilled. And you're dealing with Chet Holmgren at seven foot and skilled and an yeah. elite shot blocker and, you know, freakish yeah. just athlete for his size. And it just kind of showed that there's a big gap from number one to number two, obviously it's a 20, 20 point gap, maybe even more because potentially, you know, maybe, you know, subs late, let your foot off the gas a little bit, sure. uh, not close out or, you know, just kind of, kind of fall asleep defensively here and there. But 
I mean, Ronnie, it was a 16-6 lead, uh, 15-10 to go. Uh, yeah. Zags controlled with, with a 19-2 run, gave him a 28-8 lead. It was 33-10. UCLA's on its heels, and you're waiting for that that spark. You're waiting for that guy who's going to be like, hey, fuck this. Let's let's get together. Let's get moving yeah. and, and you know figure something out. It just didn't work. It was 33-12 at the uh, under eight mark of the first half and halftime, obviously 45-25. And yeah. it just, it just seemed like, like uh, uh, they got punched in the mouth and they didn't respond. Yeah. Cause you're waiting for something to happen. What I think is either going to happen is um, Tiger Campbell's going to make a play and, or you could think Johnny's going to hit a few shots in a row or, or J rock, our boy, Jalen Clark going to make a block a defensively. One of those guys is going to make something happen. One of those three guys, it, it just never happened. So, you know, when that, when that takes place, like you look around and it's like second half comes, then, you know, another five minutes go by and it's like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It, it just seemed like a whole lot of, it seemed like a whole lot of stagnant energy, a, a lot of, a lot of holding the ball, a lot of shot hunting, a lot of, uh, uh, guys trying to, you know, do things outside of the, the offense or whatever it may be. But, like you said, and to your point about transition defense, they just got outrun. They got they got run out of the gym. They got run out of the gym. And I saw one play that uh, Andrew Nemhard hit the hit the gas, drove the lane, and he told turned Jules Bernard around. And Jules Bernard's a big guy, and he kind of just pushed him out of the way with his off arm. Like, dude, you gotta like foul him, make a get back and make a charge, or like move your feet. Like they just kind of were overwhelmed at that point. That, at that point, yeah. they were just completely overwhelmed. And, and then, about, we got Strother hitting corner shots, and, and they got good role players. Rasir Bolton is very good. And then if you look at Caden Perry coming in for Chet, Caden Perry is more athletic than anybody UCLA has on the front line. So it's like, like you said, I think they're just better right now, at least right now. They're just way better. Yeah, they have, they have better players. They have yeah. more skill, yeah. and they have more depth. Yeah. Better players on the bench, and yeah. you if you look at a college, great college team. I look at uh, the Duke team that won back to back, the legendary team that beat UNLV in, in, in the and Chris Weber and those guys. They had a great point guard, mm-hmm. they had an NBA athlete, Grant Hill, and they had a great college player. Like you see, could see Grant Hill was going to be a great NBA player. Well, that's what they got. They got Nemhard, who's just a good college point guard, like a like a Hurley. You got uh, Chad Holmgren, who's like a number one pick, and then you got Drew Timmy, who's probably the college player of the year. So it's yeah. just like that's going to be tough to beat with the bench they got, like you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, the, the bench is just impressive. And one of the things before we move on, one of the things I noticed was just the ease of ball movement that Gonzaga had in the half court setting. Yeah. It was just like pass, pass, movement, pass, screen, open yeah. shot. You know what I mean? Like ball yeah. reversal, drive, get to get two feet in the paint, jump stop, find somebody. Yeah. And UCLA was just struggling to get any type of good look offensively. And when that happens, Ronnie, in a, in a, in a basketball game uh, at the high school and college levels, when you're having to work so hard to get an open look and the other team is just kind of like, eh, eh, just moving the ball around. And, yeah. and, you know, you're working hard defensively. You think you're working hard defensively, but they have so many weapons to the yeah. point where it's like there's really nothing you can do defensively to stop them. No. It really it wears on them. It wears yeah. on you to try to guard that and then go try to score on the other end yourself, uh, especially yeah. when they have length and obviously a big time, you know, rim protector and Chet Holmgren. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, getting, 
getting down to it, uh, Gonzaga is is good, but I, I think UCLA for me was a little bit little bit overhyped oh, coming into this yeah. game. Un- underwhelming, yeah. They again, they had a great run last year. They have a lot of guys that are getting a lot of attention, but sometimes you got a college game is still a team game. It's it's a it's a coach's game. It's a strategy yeah. strategy game. You know, it's not like an NBA series or anything. You're playing best of seven. You got to be ready from the tip, and, and, and they weren't. And, and you know, again, we even Dick Vitale, and you know, Dick Vitale is recovering from cancer. He's been the the voice of college basketball for 40 years now, really, since ESPN launched. And he kind of mentioned it like, "Well, this guy uh, is highly regarded by NBA scouts." It's like nobody cares at that. They're down 20. Who cares? You know, right. like, it's about the moment now. And like you said, you certainly will have a chance to recover, and and can and it's a wake up call. It might be a good wake up call because I saw I went to the um, game on Sunday, Michigan, who came in highly regarded against Arizona. Arizona, same thing, foot speed ran him out of the gym. I mean, Christian Coloco looked all world against a guy who supposedly is a very good college player and supposedly could be a good NBA player in, in Hunter Dickinson. So mm-hmm. it's kind of what you do now, you know, like what are you doing now? All that. Pre-draft, uh, you know, where they're in lists and shit don't matter when you're in the middle of a college game. Right. That is a great point to move on to the Mr. Basketball USA tracker, Ronnie. Yeah. Um, Chet, the winner last year. The winner last year was Chet Holmgren. And obviously the winner this year will is still to be decided, but it's going to be decided by your panel. How many voters, Ronnie? Remind me. Yeah. 10, 10 voters. So they vote on like a 10 point scoring system. With okay. 10 for, you know, you get first place votes, 10 points. Second place vote nine points down to, you know, seventh place is four points. So a total of a hundred points if you're the perfect candidate. So the leading candidate in the preseason again it talks a little bit about where this season is compared to last year. Obviously, you had Chet Holmgren last year. You had our guy, our, a guest on our show before, Jabari Smith, who's now at Auburn. He was number two in the final voting, and number three was Jalen Duran who was at Montverde, helped them win the championship. Jalen Duran's now at Memphis. That changes things. Now you got Amani Bates at Memphis. Right, right. And you got uh, Scoot Henderson, who was a good guard, an All-American guard. He was for Kell, Kell High School in Marietta. He's gone. He's in the NBA G League with Jason Hart. And then you got other guys that are an overtime elite. So, I mean, Devin, the landscape has changed. So as that landscape's changed, Derek Lively, who's kind of come from the rear – he wasn't even on the panel, meaning the, nobody on the panel voted for him last year added even one vote. So he wasn't even on the radar, and now he shoots up to number one. He got seven first-place votes. He got a, a fourth-place vote and two seventh-place votes. So he's only got up here in all ten ballots. Uh, number two on the on the list was Amari Bailey, our guy from uh, number nine, Sierra Canyon. He's number one in the state right now. Uh, he had one, two, three, four, five. Second place votes, most of those behind Lively, and three third place votes. So there's after him, there was some kind of a you know variation in who people voted for. Number three is a, again the point total is a lot lower. Uh, Bailey had 69. DJ Wagner, the junior from Camden, Camden, New Jersey, a terrific mm-hmm. high school player, the son of Dewan Wagner, the, the grandson of Milt Wagner. He had two first place votes, pretty interesting, but he only appeared on seven ballots. So some guys really like him. Other guys, oh, I'll let him prove it. He's a junior. Like he had one seventh-place vote, two sixth-place votes. He had 49 points. And then fourth place was Keontae George, who people really like as a shooting guard. He's going to Baylor. 
Yep. Um, obviously, Derek Lively's going to Duke. And, uh, you know, so Keontae George, couple second place votes, couple third place votes, 48 points. So those guys are at the top. And then there, there was 22 guys who got points, but there was like 10 guys who only got on one ballot. So it's a little wide open okay. because of the nature of, as we said, last year's high high level players who were challenging hit Chad Holmgren, uh, they're gone, which would, they had one more year of high school eligibility. So Devin, uh, before we get into Derek Lively, what do you think of like just the landscape of this year, all the transferring overtime, the G league now taking a guy who still had a high school eligibility and then NIL obviously making college very attractive. Yeah. It's, it's different times, Ronnie It's yeah. different times, man. And, and I, I don't want to, you don't want to hate on anyone who has $500,000 on the table from sure. the G league or overtime elite, but even a hundred thousand dollars, like for some people yeah, that's, that's potentially life-changing type of money. If you, if you, you know, do invest the right thing. properly or do the right things with it. Yeah. Um, I'm still a fan of the kind of the regular high school path, sure, uh, sure. you know, going to your local public school and, you know, I love to see, you know, public school kids, you know, compete for league titles and, and, you know, state association championships or even private schools, whatever. Sure. Whatever, whatever floats oh, your boat, doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just competing amongst your peers and, and all that good stuff. But that's not, that's not the time we're in right now. No. We're in a time where NIL and, and, you know, people with enough money who can start or formulate a league, um, whether it's the NBA, right? And G League Ignite or Overtime Elite, you know, got some funding and put together a, a team or, um, even, you know, some of these academy teams who, who are doing the same thing. And, sure you know, is providing high level, uh, competition against other, you know, high level players, kind of like an iron sharpens iron thing as people like to say these days. Sure. And for some, it's going to work, Ronnie, for some, it's going to work. The ones who are, who are already that good and Focused. have that next level skill set and are, are not, you know, using that opportunity to try to be like a social media superstar, but actually, you know, perfecting their craft. It, it'll probably work for some of them. But I think a lot of them, it's not going to work for them. And yeah. it's too bad. But um, the good thing is there's, you know, overseas ball or there's, uh, there's, Correct. there's, uh, you know, you can stay in the G League for, you know, however long you'd like. Uh, or you can create a, you know, park takeover team and come compete <laughs> against the West Coast, West Coast team who's very so, good. Right. Yeah. The West Coast team really good. So, yeah. And some of those guys are going to be on that path. I hate to say it. Yeah. I was talking yeah. to, one of the, to the, to the parents of, and the high school coach of one of the players who did sign a professional contract this off season. And he told me, I went, I went and I saw some of this and he goes, I just think some of these kids are going to get hurt. He necessarily wasn't talking about like his kid, but he was saying, I, I can see where some of these kids are going to get hurt. They just have the wrong idea of what it takes to make it. Yeah. And, you know, again, if you're not, if you're forfeiting college eligibility again, cause we're going to emphasize having an NIL deal like Jalen Duran and, and Amani Bates probably have is not the same as getting paid to play. Right. You know, it's not the same. So you may, you may forfeit your eligibility and then what do you do now? You, now you're going to pay it for college. I don't know if you already were emphasizing in your life that college is not that important. If, or if the people around you were, what makes you decide you're going to go pay for college later? I don't see that when you decide, you know what? I want to, you know, I want to uh, improve my, Standing and socially, I want to improve my education. I want to improve my 
well-rounded ability to get a good job. If you don't do that at 18, sometimes it's very hard to do that at 26, 30. You know, so yeah, lot harder. that was his point. Uh, lot harder. Lot harder. Yeah, that lot was the guy's harder. point. And that was the coach's point that people, some people are going to get hurt. So I'm with you. It still remains to be seen. It's going to help some, not help some, but it definitely changes our our what we do for a living and our, and our job. Like, and, and that's okay. We we still gonna go to high school games. We went to some high school games recently. There's some big high school games coming up. And like I said, those 22 guys are gonna be some great players. Um, I wanted to mention just a couple of them, like Colin Chandler from Farmington, yeah. Utah. You know, he appeared on three ballots. Again, I think he may be a little bit underestimated by this panel, and that's okay right now. I mean, he can have a great season. It'd be in the McDonald's All-American. He had, you know, three 16 points total, three ballots. Um, Nick Smith from Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, 24 points. He was in eighth place, you know, appeared on four ballots. Jaden Bradley, who's Keontae George's teammate down at IMG. They're also they have a great team open up number two in the in the country. He got what he was the only the third player to get a first place vote. So Derek Lively got seven of them from West Town School, the center. Our guy DJ Wagner got two, and Jaden Bradley, as a point guard for a high level team, got one. Again, other people don't like Jaden Bradley that high yet as a candidate, but some people do. You know, he was the MVP of the uh, NBA Players Association Top 100 camp, which kind of had a condensed uh, field this year. You know, uh, that was it's still a great event. And funny that in, in my rankings for Pangos camp, uh, you know, I do a player rankings as much as I can at a big event. And that's just to give people a, a, a snapshot of what happened. I had Derek Lively number two behind, you guessed it, Jalen Duran, who played in that event, then decided, hey, I'm going to forego you know, my senior, which we talked to him about that. And we talked to his coach about that on our podcast. He's kind of like, it wasn't that shocking at that point that he was going to make the move to college, especially after the name, image and likeness abilities or, or ability for the kids to, to do those things opened up on July 1st. So just a lot, like you said, a lot of change and Derek played for team final mm -hmm. with Jalen. Very interesting as a young player in eighth or ninth grade, he backed up Jalen. You know, Jalen's from uh, Philadelphia originally, or that area in, in Pennsylvania. And he was a well-regarded ninth grader, well-regarded young player at Roman Catholic. And Derek was basically his backup. So when he mm -hmm. played 16s too, Derek would play 15s. And then Derek Lively got hurt, broke his broke his ankle. And you know how that is, Devin, for a 6'10", 6'11". That's, guy. it takes a long time to get back. Yeah, yeah. He just wasn't in the mode of being like, Takes him a while to get back. Missed his freshman season. Sophomore season's getting the feel of things again. Getting his feet under him. Getting his body ready. Then what happens? COVID. Nobody sees him his junior year. Then his high school team only plays like three or four games. West Town School where Mo Bamba mm -hmm. went. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, they, obviously, they've had great players before. And and they you know they would have had a normal season, but he, he only got like three or four games. So, again, that's another reason why nobody saw him. So then he comes to this spring. On team final on the 17s with Jalen Duran and Amani Bates played a little bit with them. And they win Peach Jam. He has a great year. He leads the EYBL block shots. Goes to Pangos, does real well. Now you know, now he's the number one prospect, you know, number one potentially player of the year prospect in the country. So it just happens that way. And it's just kind of a kind of a microcosm of what we've been through the last year. It's just a guy coming out of nowhere because of the pandemic, because of limited opportunities. Yeah. And 
to your point about it being wide open, it's definitely wide open. Like 84 points on the opening ballot isn't that big of a lead, no. right? Like, Correct. What, did, what did Chet Holmgren have, if you remember off the top of your head? 98, like maybe. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, a lot. That's, that's a yeah. lot of points for, for the preseason, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. You know, Evan Mobley led, led you know, one year. Um, I think Michael Porter was one guy who went coast, you know, like wire to wire. Wire to wire, yeah. The number one guy. Lonzo Ball didn't start off as – Right, you know the top guy his senior year, and he had great. So you know, I like it with this panel because the high school season, as to your point earlier, matters. Like what they do matters. Mm -hmm. We're getting, we keep getting caught up in too much of the measurables and the metrics, and and we, and we don't talk about what the guys do. Like Chad Holmgren produces, mm -hmm. it dominated Sierra Canyon in a high school game in front of fifteen thousand people. Dominates. The Pangos All American Festival, like those kind of things, should matter. Like, yeah, we do, you know, we go too much on the metrics. So, again, it's going to be a good season. I'm glad that everybody's kind of like going to have their regular events, their regular big showcase events. We saw Corona Centennial open up number 14. They had two good wins at home in the battle zone, and they got some big games coming up. Uh, Devin at the Thanksgiving Hoop Fest in Dallas, our guy Glenn Smith, who's coming on our show before to talk about his event. Great event. He's had uh, sold out crowds and he should have another great event. Yeah. And we, we were at Corona Centennial. You were there Friday and Saturday. Uh, I was there on Saturday and saw, you know, a good amount of regionally ranked teams in the California area from Corona Centennial, as we mentioned, to uh, Sherman Oaks, Notre Dame ranked uh, regionally yeah. and yeah. Um, Fairfax, Sheldon. And I think, and what? It's good teams, very good. Teams. Yeah, yeah, solid event, solid event. Coach Giles always always puts on a solid event over there. And what were your so the, the big game of the weekend was obviously Corona Centennial, which is nationally ranked, and Sherman Oaks Notre Dame, which has a handful of really good high school players. They have Ben Stolzberg, a two twenty two going to Creighton. They have yeah. Dusty Stromer, who's likely going to be a Power Five player, and Jaden Harper, a really talented two twenty four player who could be, you know, a power five player down the line if he continues to develop. Sure. Corona Centennial won that game pretty handily, Ronnie. And yeah, yeah. was led by uh two twenty two guard Donovan Dent, who had thirty points. You had him at ten assists, I had him with eleven assists. That's the uh yeah. That's how it goes. That's how it goes when you're keeping <laughs> stats. But uh especially in high school with assists. But I mean he Don, Donovan Dent just dominated that game. He dominated just, that game. Yeah, just pace, just you know, he shot selection, he controlled everything. And I think I'm not crazy to say he might be the most underrated or underappreciated player in America. I mean, this yeah. dude is so good. He's going to New Mexico. Oh, the high school level. He dominated God, the game. Just as much yeah. as Andrew Nemhart dominated the Gonzaga game. Right. Um, I saw him on Friday. Sheldon has some pretty good athletes. Sheldon gets after it defensively. I mean, on the first play, and I don't want to call this kid out because he's he's part of the Sheldon's best player. I mean, he just blew by him like he wasn't standing there. It was noticeable. I talked to the Sheldon coaches a little bit about it. They're like, yeah, we got to play better. You know, but Donovan – and then he did it again. Just Nobody can stay in front of him on Notre Dame. And that's a big win because Notre Dame was coming off a, a victory over a good heritage Christian team with Pepperdine uh, signing Malik Moore and with Harrington Hargris and a good group. That came over from Rebeat Academy. So, so, you know, that that was a big win for them. Yeah, and, you know, in, in that game, Dusty Schirmer didn't have his best performance. Um, but, man, he's he's intriguing, Ronnie, because he's, you know, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and he's got he's like a baby-faced assassin. 
Like you don't think he's going to come out and be a hooper. And all of a sudden he's, you know, rising up and dunking on you or hitting a shot over you. Uh, really good, really nice player. I, I really like Dusty Strummer and Ben Stolzberg. I mean, he's a competitor. You, you got to give yeah, it to him. Yeah. He had 24 points in that game, uh, hit, you know, a number of, of, you know, big, tough contested shots. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on those two guys in the 222 and 223 classes? Yeah. Those two guys uh, have a lot of ability. I think Dusty, has got to improve his uh, like strength, his physicality yeah. in a big game like that. He got kind of got pushed around, knocked off his base a little bit on a couple his square ups and a couple of his you know he's he's trying to square up and drive or whatever. Uh, but again, that's that's a impressive team, Centennial. Even though they don't have Kylan Boswell no more, I think it just shows how good of a prospect and how good he's becoming. Uh, Devin Williams is becoming a really good player. Like he was always been a good prospect, even when he was at Corona High. He's dominating in shot blocking, running the floor. He has a little bit of offense, just enough offense to, to, to keep defenses honest. Obviously, um, McBride, Aaron McBride is a good high school player. You know, like he's powerful and strong. And 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 really, they, you know, our guy Jerry McCain didn't even have a big game. They didn't even need him to have a big game offensively. Right. Donovan dominated. So that's going to come into this Thanksgiving weekend when you hear this. Uh, when you're hearing this pot on Wednesday or Thanksgiving, when it, whenever you're hearing this version of In the Paint, uh, we're already going to have Duncanville, who came in at number seven, which is two spots in front of Sierra Canyon. Now, remember, you mentioned that this field for National Fair of the Year is wide open. Amari Bailey's number two on the list. Why well, mm-hmm. wouldn't it go to Sierra Canyon their opening weekend? And Amari still hasn't played. Yeah. So coming into this weekend, you know, Duncanville, which has Anthony Holland, and now they have Anthony Black. Who came over from Coppell, Texas? He got a temporary restraining order, and he's gonna play for. And he's been playing for Duncanville. They beat Kimball and the great guard Ontario Morris, 84-82. Kimball's forty-two in the Fab Fifty. When you're hearing this pod on that Wednesday, they're gonna play forty-three Wheeler of Georgia in the RCS Sports Hoops Giving Classic. That is November twenty-fourth. Then they take the day off, or you know, eat some turkey. Then they're gonna come back and play Centennial, who's traveling from Southern California. Over to the, you know, the hoop fest, Thanksgiving hoop fest, and then the next day they're going to play Sierra Canyon. So that's Duncanville's not like they're getting ready right now. Like, yeah, they're going to show how good they are. No, so even though Centennial and Sierra Canyon are not playing this regular season, that game might be with the common opponent might be able to tell us a lot of how how where they are or where they stand sure. now in in state. And you just hope that Amari Bailey plays in in these upcoming games, right? Because you want to see everyone at 100% strength. And Correct. like you said with Jared McCain, it's like they didn't even need him to have a good game to beat a really good team. And yeah. I don't think it's going to be the same against a, a Duncanville team uh, no. that has just a, a, a really good you know, mix of high major Division One talent. I think Jared McCain is going to have to show up that game and, and be who we know he, who we know he is. Correct. Uh, but, I think that I think that probably helps Centennial's confidence a little bit to get a guy like Devin Williams some open shots and get him going, yeah. to get Aaron McBride you know feeling confident. Not that he has any worries about that. He just kind of just gets out there and plays, Ronnie. I love that kid. Hard. Yeah, he doesn't say a word. He just plays hard, man. And, yeah. and obviously Donovan Dent is kind of a no fear kind of guy. And uh, Donovan Dent, man, I, I will take him on any any team, any day, any game. I'm taking that guy with me into I mean, yeah. a into on that a team- it's hard to see because again he doesn't get followed by the cameras a lot and stuff. Like he looked like Kemba Walker that day. I mean he was just dominating. Ronnie, the thing is with, with Donnie, yeah. it's like 
he yeah. should get followed by the cameras because he he's fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. He rips guys you know in the half court, yeah. goes by them. He just, yeah. I, I, that's my favorite play. That's why I like what Andrew Nemhart did today. He drove Johnny Juzang and a few other times, a few Tiger Campbell right off the ball and just shot the jumper or, or hit a lane like that just made a big difference in that game, and that made a big difference with Centennial in that Notre Dame game. And it's very interesting because we talk about San Diego's best team, which is St. Augustine. I saw them uh, win their opener on third last Thursday, and then they also played Sierra Cannon. They played them pretty tough. They only lost by, I think, about nine points in that Montgomery tip-off. And the number two team in San Diego, San Marcos, and Heritage Christian beat them pretty handily. So for Notre Dame to beat Heritage Christian and for yeah. Centennial to have no problem with, with, you know, the team that beat Heritage Christian, which is Notre Dame, that's shows you, you know, or the, the preseason rankings kind of look pretty good, whether it's local rankings, your rankings, Frank's rankings, the my statewide rankings. That's kind of shaping up. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Centennial shapes up nationally, like you said, against Duncanville. And then based on that result, what, Centennial, what Sierra Canyon does the next night. Because yeah. we already know Duncanville have already played Wheeler, have already played Kimball. Those are those teams would beat every they'd give Notre Dame and Centennial all, all they can handle. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see what these early season high level matchups look like. And like like I mentioned, like Sierra Canyon is obviously not playing the highest of level of competition, right? Like they're gonna yeah. see and, and need to beat to stay in the national rankings and stay in the top ten. They're at number yeah, nine right high. now stay that high yeah they're they're not going to stay at, at number nine beating montgomery they're not going to stay at number nine beating saint augustine no matter how yeah. good they are they're not going to yeah. stay at number nine beating yeah. chatsworth high school it's just yeah. like correct I, I get it i mean uh you know ronnie i've seen a lot of early season blowouts of of, of games that it's just like there's no business playing this game like no yeah, business you know it's very interesting yeah, i don't very interesting, Devin, with these events we go to and we normally build yeah. them for the last 10 years, really. I mean, it's been so long. It's it's Westchester tip-off Trevor Reza, Rose City Classic, Battle Zone, uh, Juwan Hart. Rise Williams. Yeah. Rise Williams, Pac Shores. It's, uh, you know, we go to some other one-offs too, but some of those matches, like you said, the teams, everybody wants to have an event. There are so many games. It's just some of them are, the early rounds are not very good. They just so far. I think it's a big difference between, like you said, the haves and have-nots right now because of COVID. Because of what we talked about earlier with Derek Lively, the Duke re recruit, like these guys are not getting seen. They want to go to schools where they think they're going to get seen. They're not staying at their local school. There's just some really bad teams right now in that mid-tier or like lower level, like neighborhood teams. It's just not that good. They can't play, simply can't play with the Notre Dames, Saint, Saints, Augs, uh, you know, Centennial yeah. and Sierra Canyon. That's another level. But even that mid-tier level, those teams are very good. Heritage Christian harvard westlake and like mm -hmm. you look at just an average team i saw a score that was shocked my mind who was it? i think it was dorsey dorsey which has had some very good players over the year they they, they scored 16 points and lost by like 60 mm -hmm. and like wow you know again nothing against the dorsey dons you know shout out to dorsey they've had great players and great program over the years it's just shocking sometimes when you see these scores where you normally see pretty good players and it, they're just not there you know just, yeah they just don't have it yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the influx of team, influx of events, lots of events that a lot of things are getting watered down, yeah. and just kind of the 
the magnetism of a high level high school team that's attracting all the different players from different areas, like a Sierra Canyon or a Harvard West. Harvard West is not a good example because it takes a lot to to get into that yeah. school. But Heritage yeah, Christian, yeah. Heritage Christian, uh, uh, Corona Centennial. I mean, they they get IE guys, but they get all the IE guys. They get a lot uh, of good IE guys, yeah. A lot, yeah, you know, not all of them, but a lot of good ones. Like Etiwanda is going to get the majority of the good IE guys. Damien is going to get the majority of the good IE guys. So that those middle tier and lower tier teams yeah. are just like they're getting the you know talent maybe they normally would have had. They're getting pillaged, right? Is that is that yeah, the word? Just, yeah, pillaged. Yeah. They're just getting de- decent to just very fringe varsity players. Some of these sure. teams. And, and again, we're going to see some of them because we go to games, but you know, it's, it's just unfortunate, like you said, and then we don't want to call it Sarah Canyon in terms, cause they have a great program, but if you really split up their team, their second team would still be a top 20 team in Southern California. And maybe even in the state, like that's how much talent they got. Jeremiah right. Arco, Josiah Phillips was a great athlete. You know, again, he's trying to develop. You got Bronny who came off the bench in the first week. Obviously, Bronny will probably eventually start. You got Mikey Price, who's now eligible again. Rebay Academy no longer has a team, and some of those guys went to Heritage. Mikey Price went to Sierra Camp. Mikey Price, if he went to Dorsey, would be averaging 25 points a game. I, again, more than that, I, man. I don't even know how many he's going to average hey, this year. I tell you what, if Mike Price went to Dorsey, they wouldn't have scored 16 points in that game you were talking about earlier. And that's to your point. Yeah. If, if 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 a team that loses by 50 points, who normally has decent players, had Jeremiah Niarco, Mikey Price, Josiah Phillips, that would be a hell of a high school team. And right. again, we're just trying to point it out. We're not trying to call out anybody. Everybody can make their own path. That's what's great about high school ball. And and or overtime, G League, you know, going to college, you, you have the option to make your decision. Whether it's a, the great decision, you better get some good advice. Yeah, that's the key is getting good advice. And uh, yeah, I'm not trying to knock any teams on this. I thought it was interesting no. how many blowouts I saw. I saw so yeah. many blowouts. Uh, and I think and I saw some more. Yeah, I think I see. Yeah, I will. Trust me. I think I saw the Rise Williams Pack Shores championship game was like Bishop Montgomery won 74 to like 29 or some crazy shit. Like, how do you yeah. win? How do you that's win? Not normally for us, game? what we normally no. see in our brain. Like, what? This is not, not that. That tournament's always solid. And, yeah. Obviously, since you know Reggie and and his guys left, it, it's kind of taken a dip. Uh, and hopefully, they they can get that thing back up and running. Yeah, the, we want to yeah, yeah, love always love that tournament. Love that gym yeah. uh, at Redondo Union. Um, but that's cr- that's a crazy championship game score. Yeah, a f- fifty point fifty point blowout in a championship game of a tournament that yeah. is known for being you know pretty good, pretty solid. Yeah. Crazy. Definitely. Yeah, as we close out, give me a couple teams that you either see yeah. or you're looking forward to see that you think, you know, you can knock my rankings that, that, that state rankings or whatever that could you think could come up. Uh, you know, whether it's Riverside Poly, whether it's uh, Taft of Woodland Hills, or maybe Reggie's team at Fairfax. They they lost a tough game to Sheldon, but they mm-hmm. have some good mm-hmm. players. You know, solid players. Who out there that you've seen so far or that you want to see that you think is going to make some noise in these upcoming tournaments? So I've seen Riverside Poly. I, I like them a lot. I, I just love the way that uh, Coach Yancey Dotson runs offense. Sure. And they have a freshman, Ronnie, that um, you've probably seen at some point. But CMA, SAP, Braden Burries. Yeah. He, man, he is going to be so good. 
he's going to be so he's skilled. He he has good feel. He plays the game. You know, the game comes easy to him. He plays slow. You know, he plays slow but efficient. Right? He just like yeah. everything looks smooth and easy. But he's he's a tough cover. Good player. Um, crossroads looked actually pretty good. I thought they looked good with with Big Henry in the middle. He's solid. Um, you know, they got a guard Joey Chama who's who's very good. They got uh, Michael Cooper's son Niels Cooper who's a, a really solid junior is coming into his own. He's going to be really good, Ronnie. And yeah. they're, 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 they're a good team. I saw them at the St. Monica showcase. Um, Fairmont prep, really good team, really good team yeah. with, uh, miles Chi and, and Chol Dang and, uh, Collins at Pong. I'm probably saying that wrong, but I got it close. Yeah. As close as I could. They have three good it, players. Those, yeah, I don't even were, want to try to pronounce their names. Cause you yeah. know, I'll mess it up. Yeah, and, they were, they were in a good. battle with, yeah, they were in a battle with, uh, with St. Bernard down to the wire. Um, in that, that St. Monica West side tip off classic. And then rolling Hills prep, man, my guy, Benny Geeler, Benny G he is just like, I haven't had a player. I liked watching more since Lonzo ball graduated than Benny Geeler. Like if there was a guy, if there was a guy who like, you're like, okay, you're forced to pay money to see, I haven't paid, I haven't paid five bucks or eight bucks, whatever to see a game. And, And since I was a kid, if you had yeah. to pay money right now to see one player play a game, I'm fucking putting on Benny Wheeler. I'm putting that on Benny. <laughs> oh, Harvey's guy, yeah. Benny G. I'm putting it on him. Yeah. I mean, Harvey's watched him a lot of time. I've watched yeah. Benny since he's been in sixth grade. He's just great career he's had at Rolling Hills Prep, and he's going to go to Stanford, and he's going to be a contributor there eventually. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go watch Benny. I love watching Benny play. Um, a couple other teams. I'm, I was thinking about Fairmont, St. St. Bernard, Tyler Rollison had 37 points against Fairmont. Man, he is a MFer. He's yeah. just an MFer at an every sense of the word because that dude just competes. And he, like Donnie Dent, he's a no fear kind of guy. Just like the other team gets a bucket, he's getting it out and he's coming right back at you. Yeah, and, he has no, uh, this has no memory. Tyler yeah. Rollison just going to score on you. Get back, try to play D and do it again. Like, yeah, he's I, got I've that. I've seen those guys play at Tarkanian Classic. They're in the top division, and they're going to have some tough games. And there's going to be some tough teams there. Yeah, you know, they're going to have to contend with to win. Maybe go three and one or, or two and two. And obviously, everybody wants to try to win, but uh, you know that that I'm looking forward to seeing St. Bernard's since the fireworks that we saw them with in the fall. You know, they're, they're going to have some more fireworks. I'm sure it targets some good matchups. Yeah, they, they they kept it. Uh, you know, there was obviously the the usual, you know, kind of shit talking and and the yeah. stuff that they do and the cheering and the the all out pressure. But they kept it pretty cool, calm, and collected compared to what we saw over at uh, was Ron, that the Ron Massey. Yeah, yeah, yeah they kept it. Pre- I was, I was I, it was good to see. Uh, and two other teams, Ronnie. Um, you know, St. John Bosco, and Modern Day. It's gonna be interesting to see what those guys look like. Uh, what happens in that Trinity League mid season? Yeah. What happens in that Trinity League because. The winner of the Trinity League is likely going to be one of the eight open teams, which would obviously be one of your top, you know, five teams in the state. So, yeah, the, whoever whoever is able to, you know, get that slugfest, you know, win that slugfest is is going to be a top five team in the state. But it, looking at rosters, it's really hard to tell which one it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, Jay Sarris had a couple good wins so far. I've noticed yeah. that uh, our guy Robert Diaz has been scoring the guard. Um, they have a couple of good role players. They they want a couple. They want a nice fall league at the border league. They, they they're not a pushover by any means. And like Orange said, Lutheran Orange Lutheran played Damian tough in the in the Rumble for Rosecrans tournament. 
Yeah. The Orange Lutheran has a couple good players, and we know Bosco does. Yep. And they obviously got a great mix of guards and then freshmen, the two freshmen that are going to make an impact. And then modern day, you never can count them out. They've won or tied for the league title in a great league for 30 straight straight years. <laughs> so like, what are you going to say to that? Like, they're going to, they're going to win some games. So, again, uh, you know, next time we, we come back here, we'll probably have a little bit more results to talk about, you know, as, as we wrap it up. But, yeah, the going to be very interesting. I'm glad, like you said, the Thanksgiving Hoop Fest is going off. RCS thing, you know, Hoops Giving Showcase. Uh, you know, Hoop Paul West is coming up, which is at the same time as that December 10th uh, game that Ball Zyper is producing in Orange County that you guys should tune into December 10th. 8 p.m. from American Sports Complex. That should be exciting. If you thought the one at Great Park in Irvine was exciting, this would be indoors. So, again, that only makes our guy Caesar, our guy Frank Nitty, our guy Wide Iverson even that much quicker, that much. You better come to play if you're going to beat those guys. Yep, yep. That's December 10th, 8 p.m. at American Sports Center in Anaheim. Hey, Ronnie, real quick, did you see that, that modern-day football story that just dropped today? Yes, uh, okay. I wanted to, you. Funny that you brought that up because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to mention uh, former modern day football player Derek Sparks. He passed away. He played at Washington State. His career, kind of, Devin, kind of foreshadows a little bit of like the big stakes high school football is now. Obviously, modern day be Corona Centennial while we were at the Battle Zone. Yep. Uh, you know that Friday they 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 beat him in the semifinal, twenty one to sixteen. Corona Centennial, and then Servite. It's had a long time. And then Servite beat St. John Bosco. Again, the training league dominating this, uh, you know, Division One Southern section besides Corona Centennial. Obviously, they have great quarterback play. And and it's just Derek Sparks was from Wharton, Texas, small town in Texas. He's a high-level football player, and he got recruited to go to Banning High School in the Alley City section when they were winning. He went there, Devin, and this is a long time ago now I'm speaking of. He went there for a sophomore year, had a great year. Then he got recruited to Montclair Prep, which is like doesn't even have sports anymore. I'm not really sure they have a football team, but he was like this big-name recruit. Then he left there, and he was supposed to go to Loyola. And at the time, Loyola was in the Angeles League with Modern Day. He didn't enroll there, and it was like a controversy. They didn't let him enroll there, so he went to Modern Day. And had a great senior year, you know, and this is in 1990, so over 30 years ago. Then he signed with Washington State. So he didn't have a great Pac-12, Pac-10 career, but he, he kind of gave back to the community. He lived in Washington, and he was a high school football coach. People really liked him at Washington State. They liked him in the state of Washington. He passed from cancer. So, again, as we, we talk about the big states high school football that is now, it shows, you know, it's ironic that Derek passed from pancreatic cancer. I think that's the cancer that Dickie B has, right? Did I say that right? Pa pancreatic, not pa patriotic. <laughs> patriotic, tr pa patriotic cancer is, is a Trump supporter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So he died of cancer. <laughs> he died of cancer, and Dickie V has the same cancer. And then we talk about winning at all costs. Like again, he has a book out there. Lessons of the game, if you ever want to check it out uh, to our listeners. Derek Sparks talks about his high school going from a small town in Texas to the big time in Southern California and getting recruited. And then as we talk about winning all costs, brings you to that story that you're talking about with modern day, 
It's like this hazing incident and a kid gets seriously hurt, breaks in the Orange County Register. I mean, Devin, what's your initial reaction? Obviously, it's on the backdrop of this game mm -hmm. for the, the Division One title between two training league teams. But, I mean, that's a big story. I, again, I, from what I read and what I saw, there's, there's no criminal charges from the Orange County Sheriff's Office, but it's still like doesn't look good. Yeah, I mean, everything I read is just not good. It's bad. Uh, and interesting that the register dropped it, you know, kind of the week before, you know, the, the biggest game. game of, you know, Servite Modern Day, the huge rivalry, uh, yeah. Division One, you know, CIF Southern Second Championship, you know, overcoming COVID, all this stuff. And it's like, whoa, that's a big bomb. I want to see, I want to see if there's any more covers that comes out. I want to see, you know, anything else that might come out, read, get, get more about it before. Well, then we can we can really dive into it and and because uh, I saw it briefly after after our game tonight over at Fullerton and I was like oh damn like that yeah, does not look good but I want to yeah I want to read into it a little bit more and kind of get a better feel for it but whoo uh, yeah, yeah if you guys you guys want to see it um who's who wrote this? what Scott, I thought about uh, it was Scott Reed I heard that it's like a fight then we start yeah. reading the story it's a hazing incident between two teammates who voluntarily started. Uh, you know, rough housing then got into like a an assault or a, a yeah. very physical, and it's like I thought it was just a brawl, but like a brawl that was not you know kind of uncovered, like kind of pushed to the side. But it's it's two teammates and not like a a fight between like a uh, somebody in the on the campus, a football player and a non football player. Right. right. Yeah. It was like it in the locker room. Out like of hand. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a it was like a okay, yeah, we're gonna punch each other in the in the abdomen area, you know, whatever, what you know, like body shots, and it turned into just a uh brawl and you know, a kid got seriously injured and all that stuff. So yeah, I want to see a little bit more and, and read a little bit more in depth before you know we'll talk about it because obviously we'll talk about the modern day football game, modern day servite game a little bit um in the next sure. week because that's obviously a huge game. So uh I'll read up on it and, and have a better feel for Kind of the overall the overall scheme of what's going on there, but yeah. we appreciate we appreciate you guys tuning in to episode number one hundred and nine of the In the Paint Show presented by Balls Life. Make sure you guys head to shop.ballslife.com. Take advantage of those pre Black Friday and then Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals that we discussed earlier in the show. Make sure you get there and because stuff's going to run out quick, man. People are going to jump on this when they hear this. They're going to jump on it and they're going to be on there ordering all the shit that you want in your size. So you yeah. better get on there and order your shit. Shout um, out to our guy, Kevin and our guy, Darren <laughs> yep. and all the people that work very hard and tirelessly, you know, during this holiday season and get your gear out. Yep. And make sure you guys head to balloslife.com. Check out Ronnie's preseason fab 50 rankings. Check out the Mr. Basketball USA tracker. Both of those things will be updated pretty much on a week by week basis for the most part. Yeah. We'll have the first fat 50 update after these Thanksgiving events. And I want to give a shout out to all the guys around the country. Now, like Thanksgiving's a big weekend for high school basketball. Mm -hmm. Now mm -hmm. 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't even like eh, people just took the weekend off and like mm -hmm. get ready for December. Like it's a big weekend just yeah. based on what Duncanville's doing in the last eight days. It's like, that's four monster games. Kimball Wheeler Centennial and Sierra Canyon, like shout out to, coach david peavy for for uh you know lining those games up yeah you gotta respect someone who schedules that tough uh on a supposed holiday you know week slash weekend and also on ballslife.com you can find all the various podcasts we have including in the paint show 
Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, uh, hit the notifications, leave us a comment, let us know what you think. Uh, but until the next episode of the In the Paint Show, Ronnie and Devin are signing off. Bye.